everybody. Welcome to yet another action-packed, fun-filled, adventurous episode of Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined once again by everybody's good friend, Mr. Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. Hi, Lex. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thank you for asking. And today we have uh, the, in- I'm going to say, incredibly special guest, uh, Dave Coulier. Wow. I don't know how to follow that now. I've set you up for failure is what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I think incredibly special is the right label. And, you know, the, the only thing that he didn't mention is, I mean, I think everybody knows that the thing that Dave is probably most known for is he's a, a Macworld subscriber. Dave, tell the people who you are, just in case these people have, you know, been in coma for the past, I don't know, 50 years and haven't recognized <laughs> who you are. Tell the people who you are. How do you not know who Dave Coulier is? Well, let's see. Uh, I think the... Um, uh, the thing I'm most known for is a, a series I hosted on Nickelodeon called Out of Control. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I was uh, I moved into the Full House house as Danny Tanner's friend. That's Does that true. kind of clear it up? I think that's that provides the clarity we need. And I have to say, I'm going to admit right now, right at the top, uh, my long-standing shame. There was one time. And I'm sure I haven't been the first person to make this mistake, but there was one time when you and I were talking and I referred to your character as Uncle Joey instead of just Joey, (laughs) and you corrected me, and I have felt horrible about it ever since, and it's been years. I'm so glad we're clearing this up right now. (laughs) As well you should. What a Um, faux pas. Unbelievable. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Well, on the show, a lot of times the girls would say, are Uncle Jesse and Joey coming? And so it just kind of stuck, but it was uh, it was just one of those things that just kind of um, you know got kind of uh, thrown into the the lexicon that is Full House, and um, you know it just kind of stuck. Well, maybe I, I guess it's not unreasonable. It's maybe not literally an uncle, but it tends to be that friends of the parents get referred to as uncles. Close friends of the parents get referred to as uncles, and if you're close enough to live with the family, I guess that still applies. Yeah, uncle worthy for sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I'm just saying that, like, I wouldn't have yelled at the at the kids if they had called you uncle. Yeah, you, you shouldn't yell at the Full House kids ever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're probably right. I think that sometimes it seemed like Stephanie could get a little bit sassy, but yes, you're right. I, I try not to yell at my own kids. I wouldn't yell at the Full House kids either. <laughs> Good. Uh, so now, w- what's going on for you recently? What 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 should we hype before we dive into things? Ooh, hyping. Okay, hyping's a good thing. Um, get excited. I just uh, I just put together a massive deal with um, my my new partners, National Cinemedia, and they are headquartered in Denver. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I was just there for a few days. We were shooting promos for the Clean Guys of Comedy, but National Cinemedia is my new business partner, and they have an entire um, division called Fathom, and Fathom does live uh, events in movie theaters nationwide. So, for instance, uh, June sixth. We'll be doing Clean Guys of Comedy in Denver at the Ellie Calkins Theater. And then it will satellite uplink to about 19,000 movie screens nationwide. And what Clean Guys is, is, um, you know, I came up the ranks of The Tonight Show back when Johnny Carson hosted. And if you wanted to uh, do stand-up comedy on The Tonight Show, you had to be clean. And, and so we've kind of gotten away from that forum and I think that um, there's not really a place where comedians in a long form get the opportunity to do a clean material. Gotcha. So I wanted to create that again. And so, I mean, there's so many great comedians out there that are just really funny. And they don't really have a place, uh, you know, within Comedy Central or HBO or Showtime. Because a lot of those specials, those comics are doing 
are pretty blue. Right. And, and, and so I just wanted to create that. I think there's a real void in America that people are somewhat hesitant to go to a comedy club because they just don't know what they're going to get. And so this kind of guarantees that they're going to get a show without the F-bomb aftertaste. Mm. Now, well, so I immediately have two questions on this. And the first is, because it's clean, does that also mean it's family friendly? Or would you say that it's still, is it for adults or is it for anybody? That's where my mind goes. You know, people have to kind of decide that on their own. You know, they're not going to hear four-letter words. Um, You know, stand-up material is just, it's so subjective and... You have to kind of interpret what's fitting for, you know, if you want to bring your eight-year-old you know, to come and listen to adults talking about comedic experiences, I think that's, I think that's up to the parents. Fair enough. Uh, recognizing that your performance is clean, uh, would you say that you are, are you a clean guy of comedy in real life? That is, do, are there four-letter words, F-bombs in your day-to-day speech when you're amongst friends? Are you going to be okay if we're swearing on the show? <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm not a prude. I mean, I love, you know, Richard Pryor and George Carlin growing up. And, you know, I listened to Lenny Bruce records and I'm a hockey player. So when I'm playing <laughs> hockey and I'm in the locker room with the guys, uh, you know, I, I, I talk like a sailor too, you know, but we're Popeye? in that locker room and we know there's no kids around and it's adult time. And, um, you know, but when I'm on stage, I don't know who's in the audience. And, and, um, you know, I just try, I've always just tried to, to just work clean just because that's my style. You know, I, I love the Chris rocks of the world and, you know, my Jewish, my filthy Jewish sister, Bob, said, <laughs> um, you know, I love those guys. I love what they do. And I think they're hysterical. Could I, you know, pull that off? No, I, I just don't have, you know, I don't have that same sense of humor. Mine is, you know, is just a different style. And, you know, if you look at the hottest comics in the country right now, Jim Gaffigan and Brian Regan, um, they're selling out every single show everywhere they go. You, I mean, it's tough to get tickets for those guys now. Completely clean. And so it doesn't take a genius to figure out that, you know, people just want to laugh. A laugh is a laugh is a laugh. I mean, you don't have to punctuate you know, every joke by grabbing your crotch and yo, Hey, you right. know, and it's, it's interesting that you say that too, because I, I mean, I, I don't get offended, uh, by much, which is good, but I, you know, I'm thinking of the movie, uh, Mr. Saturday night with <laughs> Billy Crystal and yeah. when he gets irked because there's, uh, you know, an unkempt comedian on stage that he's, I think he's watching on TV. And the fact that he's not actually, this comedian in, in this case is not making jokes. He's just relying on swear words for shock factor and he's grabbing his crotch and all that stuff. And it's like in lieu of having genuine jokes. And I think there are people who, uh, and you know, Mr. Saget or Ms. Saget, as you said, uh, is the first person who comes to mind where, you know, he's using uh, you know, when his act gets profane, it's it's not just funny because it's profane. It's funny because it's funny. And then it also happens to be full of dirty stuff. Right. Um, and I think that's a, a key difference. Were you a clean guy before Full House and it just happened to be a good fit? Or was it sort of the fact that you developed that Full House audience that got you to the cleanness? Clean like hygienic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that when yeah. you started showering when you got on television? <laughs> I always carry baby wipes with me before I do a set. <laughs> you, know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I uh, when I first got out to Los Angeles, I was 19 years old, and I was working in the, the original room at the comedy store, and Jay Leno came up to me after my set, and he said, hey, cool, yay, I saw your set, pretty good stuff here. And I said, uh, 
Yeah, it was really clean stuff. I liked it. I liked it. He said, you know, if you work clean, you'll work anyway. <laughs> and I never forgot that. I, you know, and that really stuck with me. And then, you know, a, a couple of years later, I did my first Tonight Show and Johnny Carson was the host. And, you know, I thought if I, if I start working dirty and I get hired for something that they specifically say, hey, look, we want you to do a clean show. If it's a corporate show or a college or a private party or something. I knew that if I worked clean, I wouldn't have to edit myself at all. And so Interesting. I just thought, wow, this is a lot easier to just not ever have to think about, about removing things or censoring yourself. So for me, it was a really easy formula. And then I just kind of, I just kind of, you know, got into family entertainment with my series on Nickelodeon and I've always done cartoon voices and full house came along and America's funniest people. And, they all happen to be, you know, G P G rated, um, projects. And, and so, uh, you know, I just kind of, you know, just kind of ended up on this, this clean comedy train, so to speak. Right. And, and you know, that, that's pretty much been my career. So I've really never had to, to change much. That's cool. I don't want to get, I don't want to get meta about that, but like I watched all that stuff when I was a kid. And so to see you recently on an episode of how I met your mother, which is like my current favorite show was kind of a weird, like I'm used to seeing you in a certain context. And so to see you in this other context was kind of a uh, refreshing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was actually, I think it, they said that was their highest rated show of the season so far. And I've gotten so much great response about that appearance. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, I too. <laughs> yes, you do. I, I want to toot my own horn and say, I want to say that I was once on uh, America's Funniest People. I mean, I was I was in it. Really? Yeah. I was one of America's what, Funniest for, People when I was a kid. You were. Uh-huh. And, All right. Now you have to tell me what your, what your bit was. They came, so. they came to the Berkshire Mall in Lyon, Missing, Pennsylvania, and they had, right. they had a whole thing set up to, to shoot people doing whatever. And I went in and did... Um, what you later termed quite accurately, you you introduced a whole series of people doing this. You said it was people doing Dana impersonating Dana Carvey's impersonation of uh, the first President Bush at the time, the only President Bush. Um, and so I thought it was such a clever, even as a kid, I thought, man, that's so clever that that's how Dave introduced it. That it wasn't just here are people imitating George Bush; it's here are people imitating Dana Carvey, imitating George Bush, which is, of course, exactly what I had done. But <laughs> I threw the commercial on. I said, "America's funniest people will be right back." After I talked about Patriot missiles or something. Very nice. And it Very all nice. comes full circle. That's right. Yes. So Dave and I have been nice. tight for years. He just hasn't always known it. Well, I, I think we, should, we, need to, we need to address the Dave issue, I think, for the listeners. Because there's two Daves on the show now, and it's going to get confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's technical problems that separate people, and we saw that already. That's right. I, <laughs> I, was, I was the one who got disconnected earlier, and I, to my great shame. Da- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to Dave and to Whiskus for the rest of this show, even though I never call you Whiskus. Can I be Dave, too? You can be Dave, too. I'm okay with that. Or you can call me by my hockey nickname, which is Cooler. That's a pretty good one, too. I kind of like that. Cooler is my, my hockey nickname. All my friends call me that. If my nickname were Cooler, I think I would not just limit it to hockey. I think it would pretty much be what everyone had to call me at all times. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I would ever introduce myself as a Dave. Hi, I'm Jim. I'm Cooler. <laughs> like, just leave it there and, man, that's pretty hip. Well, because no one, no one can pronounce Cool Yay correctly. So I just, you know, from the time I was a kid, just people start just calling me Cooler because it was easier. Interesting. I mean, of all the, of all the you know, butchered last names to get butchered with, that seems like a pretty slick one, though. 
I'm jealous. <laughs> I, it, is, it doesn't seem like Coolio is that hard to pronounce. Am I pronouncing it wrong? No, no, you, you no. Some people do it very well, you know. But there's other times where uh, you know, hey, Collier, Collier, you know, it's just I, I don't. I know. think Dave has done for Coulier what somebody like Ellen has done for DeGeneres, where people didn't know how to. Pre- and Ellen's talked about it. you know people didn't know know well, how to, to be say a part these of last act, names, yeah. right? People don't know how to say these names until somebody gets very famous and well known with that name, and they're like, oh, now I totally get it. So I think I don't know how many other Couliers there are, Dave, but you have clearly. You have changed their worlds for the better. There are millions of Couliers in France and Belgium. In fact, uh, there is a Coulier vineyard over in Belgium. My cousins went over there and they said, we're like the biggest name in the phone book there. <laughs> you go in expecting special <laughs> treatment. Like, what? <laughs> Couliers are a dime a dozen here, sir. <laughs> Oh, another one. When you said that they're all over France, I'm just picturing I'm picturing a France full of you, though. Like, not just any person with the name Coulier. I just want everybody in France to be a, a Dave Coulier clone. <laughs> well, yeah. All doing different voices. A lot of times they look just like Jeff Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the one you get the most often when people misrecognize you? I do. And Jeff and I are both hockey fans, and we're both from Michigan. And I, I hadn't met Jeff prior to a charity golf tournament and so he um he walked around a corner the same time i was and he looked at me and i looked at him and i remember my friend mike binder telling me he said you know i sat down and had lunch with jeff daniels and it's amazing you two like scratch your head the same way he goes just (laughs) it's crazy it's insane and so i saw jeff walking around this corner and he started pointing at me and i started pointing back at him and he goes, if one more person says, cut it out to me, I'm going <laughs> to strangle you. And I said, hey, if one more person comes up to me and asks, are you dumb or dumber? <laughs> and so we just kind of hugged it out and laughed about it. You know, and so that's, this is actually a question I have for you. It's because, you know, I've mentioned to people, we're excited actually about it. a question. The, the, we've mentioned to people, we're excited about this episode. We mentioned people and Dave Pouillet is going to be on the show. And I would say... Of the people of my generation, I'm in my early 30s. Every single person I mention this to, the first thing they say is, "Are you going to tell them to cut it out?" I got the same thing. Is it something? I, I mean, obviously, that's that's a catchphrase you devised. I think it was originally, like you said, on out of control. Use it on Full House, and but I, there's two ways to take it. I guess it can get really annoying and tiresome, or it can be like, "Man, I'm glad that people still remember that, and that it's still it meant enough to them that they're still want to say it to me now, X years later." And I want to know where does it fall, or is it both? Oh, it follows me everywhere I go, but people get it wrong. And I actually talk about this in my in my show. I had a guy in Chicago spotted me, and I was in O'Hare. I was making a connection. And this guy spotted me, and he's like, Joey, full house. And he <laughs> runs up to me, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy's going to attack me. I was like <laughs> looking for a machete or a chainsaw. I didn't know what was going to happen. At least he didn't say Uncle Joey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah no well, Christ. then you have to fight him. <laughs> right. So he runs up to me and he goes to do the cut it out thing and he completely botched it up and he did this weird hand thing and he looks at me, he goes, hey, knock it around. (laughs) And I just stood there and I started laughing and he's like, Uh, yeah, isn't that cool? And I went, do you mean cut it out? And he's like, yeah, that's it. Right, right. Like I was going to mess up my own bit. I want to make sure I'm getting it right. And if I'm getting it wrong, I'm, I'll willingly <laughs> shame myself in front of everybody. But I, I do the cut gesture, video. and then I do the yep. thumbs up for it, and then the, thumb, the whole hand sort of going back for the out. That's right, right? Well, it's, a, it's the scissors yep. with the two fingers, and then it's a point. 
That's a, it is just a point with your pointer finger, and then out is your oh, thumb. See, I, I was like cheating the you're thumb almost early. Hitchhiking. So I, I yeah. was screwing it up. I apologize, but I, yeah, I got you it thumbed now. early. Yeah, you thumbed early. <laughs> Not for that. the first time. I, I will tell you though, my 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 good friend, my actually my childhood friend, uh, Mark Sandrowski. He directs The Big Bang Theory, and we have known each other since we were eight years old. Both from St. Clair Shores, Michigan. And Mark and I, uh, we've been writing comedy since like fifth grade and just stupid little sketches. And we were highly annoying to everybody around us. And when we were kids, Mark came up with cut it out. And I later, when I was, when I put a stand up act together in my teens, I said, Hey, I'm stealing, cut it out. And he goes, for what? And I said, cause I'm going to use it in my act. <laughs> And so I stole it from him and then I did it on out of control on Nickelodeon when I hosted that show in the early eighties. And, and I remember it became the catchphrase for the show. And Mark was like, I think you owe me something for that. (laughs) (laughs) And so does he get royalties whenever somebody comes up to you in an airport and does it? No, but he he gives me crap all the time that I, that I should be paying him something. It's got to feel good if nothing else did. I mean, maybe you stole it, but to to put something into the the lexicon like that. Well, it, you know, you can say I stole it, but I told him I was going to steal it. Right. No, I think I so think is that gotta, really stealing? Oh, yeah. borrowed. No, I think it's it's permanently on loan from his collection is how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's um you know, maybe you didn't invent it, but clearly you own it. You cuz Right. Not anyone could have made it catch on, I don't think. I do now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I own it now, yeah. In fact, we owe you $7,000 for the number of times we've mentioned it during this podcast, I think. <laughs> and right. I think the time leading up to the podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> Plus all your friends asking you <laughs> if you were going to ask me, so that's even more. Yeah. I think everybody assumed that it wouldn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, that, that, that's funny, but I'm not joking. Because the show, typically, we just don't talk about anything work-related. So this sort of falls, I guess, blurly into the, the fraying edges of, of professional. But All yeah, allowed. It's, I, I, think, I think people are going to want to know that. Right. I think people are going to be glad. I think people are going to, would have been disappointed if we didn't talk about it because it's, Oh sure. I was amazed. You know, for me, the first thing I think of is the voices because I loved, I mean, as like I said, I was on American Science people. I I have always loved the voices stuff and I've loved every impressionist I've ever seen do anything. And so when I think of you, that's the first thing I think of, but everybody I talk to immediately goes to the cut it out. So it's, Oh, it's so legendary. It's unbelievable. Obviously, you you have the the persona and the career that people know about, and then you're also just you know a, a human living in the world. How do you find that? Uh, <laughs> I, I assume thank not you for a, clearing that up for me. or an animal of some sort. But I just mean you know as as just a, you know as a as a as a person living your life, do you face? Uh, expectations from people who encounter you, not people who are encountering you on this, really like, oh my God, you're Dave Coulier. Can I, you know, say cut it out to me or, or the wrong version of that expression and take a photo? But, you know, when, you, <laughs> right. when you're just interacting with people who, um, you know, come to it later realizing who you are, do you find that they have misconceptions about what you'll be like or expectations about how you'll act that are totally far off from normal? Well, especially when I'm not in a particularly funny mood. You know, there are times when, when I guess I'm, not serious, but I, I'm focused on something other than being funny. Like I'm an airplane pilot. Right. And so I've been really? flying. I've been flying for a long time. And Continental United? You know, <laughs> uh, no, just, just privately, but I'm an instrument rated uh, pilot. And, and so when I'm flying, you, you know, sometimes you have to be very, very serious. And 
my friends are sometimes amazed. They're like, you are like Johnny serious when you're flying. And I said, well, that's because I don't want us to die. So I think that there, that is a little bit of a, not so much of a misperception, but it's, um, you know, it's definitely one side of me that people probably wouldn't expect. I, I have not flown a plane myself, but I can I can definitely see how that would be a time at which one needs to be focused and serious. I said, it's not like I can talk to the tower and go, Santa Monica Tower, <laughs> Bonanza 5085 Charlie, ready with information alpha. <laughs> although, the, although there was one night I, w- I flew myself back from uh, Detroit, Michigan. I was on my way back here to, to uh, Santa Monica. And... It was about four in the morning and I was over Oklahoma somewhere and it was, it was, you know, really quiet talking to the approach and departure controllers. And this one guy goes, Bonanza 5085 Charlie, how's the ride up there tonight? And I said, oh, very good, sir. Bonanza 85 Charlie. And he said, so uh, where are you heading tonight? And I said, I'm going out to Los Angeles. He goes, uh, you're not one of them crazy actor people, are you? <laughs> <laughs> like Travolta? And I said, well, uh, that depends. And he said, are you? And I go, well, I was, I was on a television show. And he goes, well, try me. See if I can, see if I can uh, you know, know if I know you. And I said, well, I'm on a show called Full House. He goes, is this Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I said, wow, that was quick. He goes, I'm a huge Full House fan. <laughs> And I'm thinking, if anybody else is listening to this right now, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> yes. If the FAA guys ever got a hold of that. But but he was, uh, it was just some uh, departure controller somewhere and sitting in some office. There was no one else flying that night. And I think he was just bored and wanted to talk. <laughs> There's something to be said for people expecting you to be a character or to be a version of what they, they sort of, I, I don't want to say know you as but yeah know you as like even just doing this show lex and i will meet people at conferences and things and i always kind of feel like maybe they want us to to be funny or to 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 interact in a certain way and i feel like maybe i'm letting them down well you know television is so personal for some people you know you become part of their viewing habit they're on their couch you're in their living room and you know it's a very personal thing and I think people uh, like to believe that you really are that character. And, you know, Full House is, is, you know, it's really cross-generational just because of syndication. We're on 18 times a day right now. (laughs) And the reason I know that is I was curious. Uh, So I just punched Full House into my TiVo and it just came up 18 times in one day between ABC Family and Nickelodeon. And I thought... Well, somebody's obviously watching this, or they wouldn't be running it 18 times a day. Right. You know? So so I have people say to me, you know, I watch the show, I'm in my mid-30s, and now my five-year-old is watching the show, and it's just so freaky. And it, plus, I mean, it helps that it was that, that show aired in a in an era where when a show was popular on television, it had many millions more viewers than the most popular shows have today, too, right? Yeah, we were on Friday night, and we had 24 million viewers. Wow. And at eight o'clock on a Friday, which now if you have 24 million viewers, you're just, you're just a superstar. <laughs> it's interesting to me too, because I remember growing up, 
we, uh, my family, well, most of my family still is, but I had this very religious family and we were always at synagogue on Friday nights and you had a, we had to use the VCR each week to make sure that we got the tape. We got full house taped because this was well before TiVo so that we could watch it later because we would always be at synagogue when the show first aired. Somewhere there is a, a cabinet full of VHS tapes, all labeled full house with different dates. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, you make each it week, creepy. each week when we finished Full House, they would give me a, a VHS tape, and so I still have them all stacked. I have all 192 episodes stacked in a closet here in my house. And then I remember somebody just as kind of a gag gave me the Full House DVD set in the house, <laughs> and I looked and I went, "Oh man, this is such a space saver! I can just throw all those away." <laughs> what a great gift! Yeah, it was eight DVDs, all eight seasons. And I just thought, wow, I have like 16 feet of space now that I I can utilize. Well, now it's probably all on Netflix, so you could even go one step further. I don't think we're on anything. I I think, and I was was talking to um, Jeff Franklin, who created the show, and I said, are we on iTunes or Netflix or Hulu or anything? And he goes, I don't think so. So I don't know why. Somebody's leaving money on the table. I have some incredible news for you. Full House, you're right, does not stream on Netflix. You can rent the DVDs, oh. but it doesn't stream. But well, there is a, there's a, a movie show. from 2004 called Full House. Well, no, no, which, it's, uh, there's a TV show called Full House from 2004. It's from overseas, um, and I, I it's from an Asian country. I don't want to say which one it is because I don't know. I can't tell. But it's it's uh, the character of Han Ji Un, an aspiring scriptwriter, lives in a house called Full House, built by her late father. One day, her two best friends trick her into believing she has won a free vacation. While she is gone, <laughs> they sell her house. And <laughs> it's three and a half stars. It's Korean, the, a Korean show. Yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of you know iterations of Full House around the world. I saw the Russian Full House, which is pretty funny, and the Joey <laughs> character is this big fat guy who wears Hawaiian shirts with curly hair. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, does he do the cut it out thing? You know, I don't know how Bullwinkle and Popeye and cut it out <laughs> translates into Russian. Yeah, Bullwinkle probably doesn't translate into Russian very well at all. I want to see how Ranger Joe translates. <laughs> the The Japanese version of Full House was was pretty funny. Man, I was I was walking through a park in London, and there were a bunch of French students, and they they started running towards me. Saying, La Fête de la Maison, La Fête de la Maison. <laughs> and I went, the party in the house, the party in the house. And I went, oh my, there, that must be what Full House is named in France. And they came up, oh, Joy, La Fête de la Maison. And I was like, this is it's too weird. After all of that, I, I mean, you're, I, I imagine, as Lex said, you're, you're a human being. We've established that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've proven on that. The planet, I, yeah, on, on the, the planet. Living on the planet. Here on Earth. Yeah. Does like what? What is what is family interact like? Does this come up when you're just you know hanging out with your friends or you're you're having dinner with your family? Does this is this something you still have to like? We've we've wound up talking a lot about Full House more than I would have expected, and I have to wonder is that something that like comes up for you a lot personally? Well, my dad's a a very funny human being who also lives on the planet. (laughs) That's where it comes uh, from. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he has like tons of pictures of. eight by tens of my big fat head. And he'll always go, Dave, I, the, the waitress is really cute over at winners where I go with uncle Don, uh, here, sign it, Dave Coulier. 
And I'm like, Dad, what else would I sign? (laughs) What else would I put on there? Yeah, John Stamos, Bob Saget. You know, but he always says, here, put put love, Cindy, uh, you know, best wishes, Dave Coulier on there. (laughs) But my dad, he's not... My dad worked at Chrysler. He's a blue-collar guy, and he just... I'll go home and I'll tell him about some great project I'm doing. He's like, that's great. Hey, hey, you want to help me with the garbage? Come here. <laughs> now, do you, do you feel like some of your comedy comes from him? Did you have, you know, was he a funny guy growing up? He was a funny guy. My dad, uh, I tell the story when I was four years old and my brother was two, we were taking a bath together and I pooped in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> And so my brother started screaming and crying. And, and, and the way my dad tells the story is by the time he ran in to see what was going on, apparently I was playing with my poop like it was an armada. And so my mom is like, oh, no. And my dad, rather than yelling at us or reprimanding us or grabbing us out of the tub, went and got the movie camera. <laughs> because that that's some great footage you want to watch over and over again and we have every year he's like hey let's get the poop tub footage out and it's like dad seriously the, the, the fact that this he has belongs on youtube exactly the fact that this isn't on youtube is truly a crime against the internet yeah and and you know and my i remember my mom my mom going you know that's part of the reason why you and your father and i divorced <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yes, the blame falls on you, Dave. Yeah, and they're in their 80s now, and they're friends, and, you know, it's all cool. But, you know, that was was my dad. You know, when, if you went to the, my dad was so scatological. If you you went to the bathroom, my dad would wait outside the door with a a can of aerosol glade. And he he would spray your butt. They go, get out of here, get out of here. Wow. And he would chase you around the house with a can of Glade. And I'm like, no wonder I became a comedian. I had no chance. That's funny. It was just me cope. It was a coping mechanism for now, the weird stuff my dad did. I'm thankful that these days I don't, I have fewer issues with that, but that is like a nightmare for me. There were years where I could not go to public restrooms or a restroom in somebody's house because I like, I just had this unreasonable unrealistic fear that when i walked out there'd be people spraying me with things or making comments <laughs> well that was my real life <laughs> that's, so. that's that's hell sir that's yeah hell. yeah so dave what do you say we take a quick break to acknowledge our episodes fine fine sponsors i say that's a great idea I like the cut of your jib. Our first sponsor is once again Smile Software. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. If you're going to visit them on the web, go to our URL from them, smilesoftware.com slash unpro. Uh, right now, they're very excited about uh, both versions of PDF Pen. There's PDF Pen Pro for iPhone, and there's PDF Pen Pro for the Mac as well, and you should check them both out. I also use Text Expander every day, which lets you save tons of keyboard clicks and other whatnot. I mean, Smile only makes great software. And if you ever get a chance to meet them in person and, and say hello, just wonderful people. And when you buy anything from them, you know, PDF Pen lets you mock up PDFs and mark them up however you want and send them along. Anything you buy from them at smilesoftware.com slash unpro, mention our name, mention unprofessional. I will. Thank you. Now, our other sponsor, Dave, is uh, Things from Cultured Code. So Things for Mac iPad and iPhone plus Things Cloud. So Things is a to-do list manager, helps you keep track of all your tasks. And the thing that they're most fired up about is Things Cloud. Uh, rather than rely, you know, rely on something like iCloud, which 
everybody hates. Uh, they've got Things Cloud, which uh, it's about seven months old, and it syncs all of your to-dos between your Mac and your iOS devices, and customers love it. Everybody's super excited about it. Uh, you get direct integration with Siri, so you can use Siri to add to-dos into things. They've got a daily review feature that streamlines your daily decision-making, and they've got a, a fancy scrolling date picker that is an improvement over the iOS standard. So for them, you're going to go to unprofesh.com slash things. We love Cultured Code for sponsoring us. It was very kind of them. And so give things to a spin. That's what we're saying. And, and while you're spinning things. <laughs> yes. You should, uh, you, you should, I'm talking to you, Lex. You should go on to twitter.com slash unprofesh and uh, follow us. Also app.net slash unprofesh and facebook.com slash unprofesh. We're just about everything.com slash unprofesh. We're even unprofesh.com. That's we're right. We're unprofesh all over the place. That's right. We unprofesh all over everything, all the time. The, all over the internet. The other thing I do want to say is, if you would like to join the pantheon of fine, unprofessional sponsors like Cultured Code and Smile Software, uh, hit up sponsor.muleradio.net because uh, that's where we hear from many of our potential sponsors, and we'd love to work something out with you. And so the sponsors know who you are, because we like to have information flowing back and forth, and we like data, and we like to make sure that everybody is as happy as can possibly be, uh, go to unprofesh.com slash survey and fill out our survey. It's a quick little listener survey. Tell some stuff about you so that we can, we can better uh, serve you, not just advertisements, but as, as, listen, as people, right. because we, lo- we love all of you. The more we know about you, the better we can treat you. And here's the thing. Fill out the survey, which will take you approximately one minute, and we'll, we'll enter you into a contest uh, from our friends at anostyle.com, anostyle.com. Uh, I've already given them my iPhone, and th- what they do is they take your iPhone 5 and or your iPad mini, and they, they anodize it to give it a color. So my iPhone's going to come back blue. I think Dave's doing his blue as well. I was thinking about doing my iPad mini in red, but they take it, they dye all the metal or it's not really dying it's like they, they do they magical strip the anodization and then they re-anodize with a new dye color and from what i understand their anodization process is a little bit more robust even than apples so the end result should be just slightly more durable check them out at anostyle.com uh feel free to buy anodizing for yourself if you'd like it but in the meantime if you want to win one go do our freaking survey at unprofesh.com slash survey uh because that way we our sponsors and our children can learn more about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean the survey. It, it's a minute if you're a slow reader. <laughs> if you don't have all the answers ready, it might take more than a minute. And honestly, the survey is a little bit entertaining. I'm just saying. We should we should get back to the show if we have to. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> is far and away my number one fan. He thinks everything I do is just incredible, and he doesn't understand why I'm not, uh, I don't know, the president of the United States, which I guess is a good <laughs> quality for a dad to have. But, you know, he, every Macworld magazine that comes out with me in, he'll save a copy of, and anytime I have something printed in any other publication, he's got to have copies of that, and if I do something that ends up on television, he's got a TiVo and VHS and everything else that. Was your dad the same way? Does he, too, have 100-and-something hours worth of full house on VHS tapes in his home? <laughs> he, he does now. My dad never understood what I did. I did my first Tonight Show. I was 24 years old. Johnny Carson was the host. And so back during those days in the 80s, you knew that everyone in your life, everyone in show business was going to be checking out the comedian on The Tonight Show that night. Sure. So, so I do The Tonight Show. I get the okay from Johnny. I do a great set. 
And I'm just kind of waiting back at my apartment, waiting for the accolades to roll in from my family and my <laughs> friends. And so, you know, my friends call, Hey, that was great, man. Oh, good for you. Congratulations. This and that. So I don't hear anything. I hear from my mom. I hear from my sister, my cousins, my friends, my dad's, you know, nothing. So I'm just kind of waiting. I'm like, ah, maybe, you know, he's, he's telling everybody and you know, that's keeping him busy. He's telling everybody. That's why he hasn't called me. So I can't take it anymore. And a couple days later I call him and he picks up. I'm like, Hey dad, how's it going? Good, good. What's going on? (laughs) Well, I, I did the tonight show. That's what's going on. And he's like, yeah, I saw that. And I go, (laughs) I didn't want to bring it up. I go, well, what did you think? He goes, well, you know, did they, uh, when are you going back? Are you going back? Did they invite you back next week? And I go, dad, it's not like you, you know, you have a time card and you go and you, (laughs) I haven't taken up residency. Yeah. And I, and I go, well, I don't know when I'm going back. And my dad's response was, oh, well, you must have smarted off or something. (laughs) I said, what do you mean? I didn't smart off. He goes, no, you can be a smart aleck. Did you say something? I go, no, dad. It's just, it's the tonight show. They have to invite you back. Oh, that's how it works. Okay. Well, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Hey, listen, uh, when are you coming back home? I was like, Wow, I don't know. He goes, well, you know, we got it. We still got all your stuff downstairs in that old refrigerator you got down there. And I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, I had all these expectations that my blue collar dad was going to, you know, give me accolades. But the first time I did stand up, I was uh, in Detroit and I had just started doing stand up and I was going over to Windsor, Canada. And um, my dad asked me, he said, well, what do you do? Where do you go? And I said, I go to this club. And he goes, I'm going to come with you. So we drive across the Windsor Tunnel, across the Detroit River, and we get over to this club called the Comedy Corner, and and I'm headlining for the first time at this club, and I go, and I just have one of the best sets of my life, still to this day. I walk off stage after an hour, the whole room stands up, gives me a standing ovation, and I kind of see my dad standing, he won't sit, he's standing by the coffee machine in the back, drinking coffee the whole time. <laughs> So I can kind of see a silhouette of him. So, so I come back out and I do five more minutes of material. My, my B stuff and the audience stands up again and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. My dad's here and this and that. And you can get encores so, and stand up two encores. Yeah. Wow. While my dad is there. So I, it was the first time I had ever signed an autograph. Somebody's like, Hey, I want to get your autograph. Cause you're going to be famous someday. You know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm signing autographs and I'm looking over and my dad's just sitting at the bar drinking a coffee. <laughs> and, uh, so everybody kind of clears out and I go, uh, all right. Hey dad, what'd you think? He goes, ah, let's get out of here. It's late. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we're driving home and we cross the tunnel and he doesn't say anything and we get on the I-94 freeway and he doesn't say anything. So finally, I can't take it anymore. I go, Dad, what did you think? I said, I got two standing ovations. I've never signed an autograph before. He goes, you know, I was watching you up there the whole time. And I think you need a gimmick. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, Jack Benny had the violin and Groucho had the cigar. I, I think you need a gimmick. I go, do you mean a prop? 
He goes, nah, just something funny. <laughs> <laughs> so There's no place in this guy. No, that, that was it, though. You know, and you know, and I, I, I tell these stories later when we're all sitting around, and my dad's there, and he laughs really hard. He goes, "Well, I didn't know anything what you were doing. I didn't want to like make you overconfident." <laughs> I'm thinking at the time, at least, what he probably was hoping for was more poop material. Probably, he probably wanted me to tell that poop in the tub story. <laughs> It's all in the inflection, but that story could have been really sad. It could have. It could, but you know what? I, you have to know my dad, and, and you know he's funny with, without even trying to be funny. Which is probably the best kind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but he's just, he's just a funny person. He just, he, you know, and, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that everybody loves because he just, he's just naturally funny but he's not trying to be i have to tell you i really like the uh the glade on the behind <laughs> thing that you mentioned I, my nightmare i have three kids six and under and I, man are you doing this to your kids lex no uh, well i'm just thinking of it i'm the six-year-old <laughs> my, my two older ones are girls and the six-year-old my six-year-old is mortified anytime that she is flatulent <laughs> so now when it I still ha- am. why are you embarrassed when when anya is flashlight but so anytime <laughs> it happens she sort of immediately gets this embarrassed look on your face looks around to see if anybody's noticed is anybody aware that this is happening usually what i'll do then is if if she is clearly hoping that nobody's going to acknowledge it is i will acknowledge it extremely prominently <laughs> make sure everyone is aware <laughs> but not not identifying anya as the source saying did anybody hear that? I'd swear I just heard something. And, um, you know, she'll really hope that I'm not going to notice. But I think that maybe if I just had a bottle of Glade with me that I could spray the second it happened, I think that might be a new fun way to taunt her about it because I'm a mean, mean person. See, that would be child <laughs> abuse now. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm not going to do it. I take it back. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be child abuse. You know, it, I, I mean, now if I said, you know, if I sprayed, you know, my kid's butt with Glade, child services would be over the next day. My mom's thing was to uh, blame spiders. Yeah, barking spiders. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. spiders. Wow, you both knew. It must be a Dave thing. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Anytime you farted in front of my mom when we were kids growing up, um, my mom would go, please go sit on the toilet. <laughs> I was like, mom, I don't have to do that. This is kind of the precursor to that. I'm not there yet. We'll just go sit on the toilet. Well, what am I going to do? Sit on the toilet for the next six hours and pray that poop comes down, you know? I, I, I will. I cannot deny having had similar conversations with my own wife. So I, I feel it. <laughs> really. Oh man, that's like that's. I, I don't know. In relationships, that that I've, I've just never had that discussion. My, uh, listen, <laughs> Lauren has ulcerative colitis, and so that's a, you know all kinds of fun intestinal things. I have IBD. We got we got comfortable pooping in front of each other. I would say two weeks into our relationship, and have Wait, like literally back. in front of each other. I mean, like in the bathtub. Yes, we would sit in the bathtub together. Everybody takes care of business. And then we call Dave. He cleans it out for us. It works perfectly. Like, no, I mean, in college, we had a, a suite set up where I had one room and she had the other room. And then there was a kitchen and bathroom that connected our two rooms. So there was just the one bathroom and the one shower. And if somebody had a shower and the other person was pooping, we got over that really quick because we had, a, we had to get things done. That's how you know. What, that's what love is for the Freedmans. I'm just saying. It is. That's, that's a beautiful thing you just said there. That's the thing that I'm prude about. I like bathroom stuff. I just, I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to share. I don't want to have a conversation about it. I'd like to just pretend that that doesn't happen. I had something actually happen to me in Cleveland a while back. I was, I went into a a men's room and I'm standing there at the urinal and this guy walks in and stands next to me 
and he ripped one so loud that he activated the automatic paper towel dispenser. And I, and I didn't have anybody to just go, oh, my God, did that just happen? And it, it's a true story. And he walked out, and I, and I was like, I think I just witnessed a miracle. But the guy just walked out, and then I walked over to the towel dispenser, and I'm looking at it, and I'm examining it, and I'm I'm trying to make sounds into it. I'm like, <laughs> I was trying to activate it myself, and I just thought, nope. I think particles at a high velocity had to fly out wow. and hit it, and you know. So I got I got very technical trying to dissect what just happened because I was I was confused yet exhilarated and horrified at the same time. So I called up Neil deGrasse Tyson, invited him over. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think I need an astrophysicist